Welcome back, everyone. This is Eric Ellison with the Digital Education Podcast. And I'm super excited for today's conversation because I'm with Dr. Matt Pritchard. And, and I love his title. Um, he, he's a curator of wonder. And uh, I love it that, you know, it says on his bio that he's um, he's a science ma magician uh, who loves being creative and is passionate about simplifying the complex. And it's interesting, if you look at Matt's um, bio, if you look at some of the work that he's done, he, he, he gave a speech on TEDx called The Quantum State of Wonder that uh, I highly recommend and I'll tag um, with this with this um, podcast. He also wrote a chapter for the Teacher's Guide to Science and Religion in the Classroom. And, and most interesting is he's an atomic physics researcher who's also a magician. And so we're going to get into all kinds of things here because I have all kinds of questions and curiosities and wonderings. But everyone knows it's where do we start? And and Matt kind of got connected with me because every people who know me know that I use a hashtag called Wander into Wonder that was based on an article by Dr. Jessica Kohler. And Matt said, hey, where did this come from? Like, what, what did this come from? And some of the most interesting people I've met are on Twitter. So Matt, before we go even further in your story and your work and what you do, what was it that caught your attention about that, that hashtag wander into wonder? And then what does that mean for you and, and who you are and the work that you do? Yeah, thanks, Eric. And uh, hello, everyone. I, I think what struck me the most about that phrase was, I think wonder can't be rushed. And I, I think, to a certain extent, you can't chase down and you can't track wonder, you you stumble across it. And you do that uh, in your own time. And so for me, that that word wandering sort of implies a a gentle exploration uh, without set goals in mind and so uh, that tied in a lot of uh, the thinking that I was doing and a lot of the the research I'm doing along the lines of wonder so so tell us a little bit more because one of the one of the quotes that you had in the TEDx talk that I thought was really interesting and was really helpful for me is that we we often jump too fast from the wow to the how, right? So how do we stumble? How do we allow ourselves to to like? What are you learning and discovering about that journey of wonder that just allows you to stumble along or discover or to you do that wandering that's necessary to rather than jumping straight to the how to enjoy the wow um, as you as you kind of walk that journey. Yeah, so I think we're, we're, we're both uh, educators. And so, so much of the time we're trying to convey information or we're trying to get someone to change their mind or do some action. And uh, that's almost the uh, the how bit. That's the that's the bit we want to, them to take on board. And and often as educators, we we try and hook them in with with different elements. Whether that's surprise, I'm I'm a magician, so I'll often use sort of counterintuitive surprises just to uh, capture attention. And I think the danger is you can go from that initial hook to oh, you're looking at me now. Now let me tell you what you need to know. And there's a real nice liminal space between the uh, that initial 
oh, I've been hooked. I've been intrigued by something. And, oh, that's how it works. And I just encourage people to spend more time in that that space. It's a, uh, I think lots of people are familiar with the phrase liminal space now. But if if you're listening and going, what on earth is this? It's, I always describe it as it's the end of one chapter in a book and you've got that blank page and you know there's another chapter and it's going to resolve a lot of the mysteries and questions you've got, but you're still in that blank page between the end of one chapter and the start of the next. And in that moment of pause between finishing one chapter, you're already thinking of possibilities. You're already thinking of, oh, how could we resolve this? And and sometimes the thoughts that you have are, are actually better than what the author comes up with. And, and I think sometimes as as educators, we we jump in and they go, here's here, here's the answer. But maybe our students would have had a, a better answer and and maybe maybe would be surprised by there's a, a better, better possibility. And so I. Uh, in that TEDx talk, you t- uh, you mentioned, I-, I call it the quantum state of wonder. I'm obviously a physicist, so I like quantum mechanics. But it's this idea where you can have multiple possibilities all uh, bubbling away at the same time. And it's only when you uh, when you tell people what the answer is, that's when all of those possibilities collapse into just one. So, so I mean, one of the questions that I've been, I've been personally wondering about is this cultivating of curiosity, the cultivating of wonder, um, the, 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 even that idea of the wow. How do we do that in schools where so much of our history, and you get to step in and you get to provide that when you go speak at it, when so much of our history and the way that we're set up as schools is not to cultivate curiosity, wonder, and wow, it's to it's to get straight to those answers. Like what's the answers so that you can be assessed on them, so that we can we can know as educators if you know or don't know. Mm-hmm. Does that make and sense? It's, just, <laughs> it's a real shame because I think there's been quite a few studies and uh one of the authors who's been really good at trying to tie these together is uh, uh, Susan Engel, who talks about how curiosity at a young age is a, is a, actually a better predictor of academic success than however you measure intelligence or IQ. And, and I think lots of people recognize that curiosity is great, but then we have an education system that often crushes that. Uh, and I think there's a few things that squash it, one of which is just sheer time pressures and knowing that you've got an awful lot to cover and not much time to do that. And I think, like we said at the start, wonder can't be rushed. And you need those moments just to just to ponder and wonder and uh, think things up. And I think also you need to be really intentional about it if if you if you expect to see something amazing you're going to find something amazing if if you expect something to be really boring then i think you'll probably find the boring elements in that and i think we really need to be sort of intentional about how we we look at things and and almost increase our skill of noticing it's 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 an incredible statement increase our skill of noticing because because that's that's really the interesting thing and i think that's something for me 
that that has been really part of my journey over the last four or five years is is really like what do I see? What do I notice? What am I experiencing in the present moment in the present time? I'm I'm wondering, you know, even your journey, like maybe maybe you could tell a little bit of your story and how you got to these places. Because it is interesting as you went to Durham University, you studied, you know, atomic physics and you did research and you did all these types of things, but then you're also a magician. When when did the two kind of interests begin to collide and come together and say, hey, this is something that I care about. This is something I enjoy. This is these are two worlds that fit very closely together. And it's something that I can use to inspire you know, um, students, teachers, educators, mm-hmm. inspire people to, 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 to be curious and to wonder and to, to enjoy the process of discovery. Yeah. And I think, I think my, my history has been very much two parallel strands. I've, I've loved magic since I was in my early teens and science was something, something I was good at. And often sort of education channels you down the routes that things you're good at. And so I, I was doing the two. I was doing magic as a hobby. I was sort of pursuing uh, my education and then research. And in the evenings and weekends, I was doing fringe festivals and improv comedy and all, all the rest. And it it wasn't really until I left academia and ended up working at a science museum where the two properly started to overlap. The thing I loved about my time as a postgraduate was trying the challenge of trying to communicate something ridiculously complex in an, in an easy and sometimes entertaining fashion and to try and do that creatively. And so that that led me to do science education through museums and then to work with schools during that time we did a lot of show science shows and i was wanting to put put some of the techniques of my magic into the shows and the the magic shows that i was doing outside in the evenings were having more of a science flavor so there was gradually those two parallel lives i was leading were merging together and I found that magic was a great tool, as I said earlier, to engage engage pupils. But also when you're teaching science, magic's a, a great tool for that because effectively the, the magic tricks that I'm showing are self-contained mysteries and they all have some science principle behind them. Uh, it'll be an exa- example like a tin can will roll uphill or you'll have an object balanced at a really precarious angle where gravity should collapse it to the ground. And and they're intrigued and they want to know how it's done. And then we end up having these discussions about magnets and different forces and gravity. And and it, it's, it's learning by stealth. And so, like I said, those two worlds came together. But because I live in those both two worlds, you start reflecting on what what's similar because some people say that they're almost polar opposites and and i think it's the word wonder is that overlap of those two worlds 
I think the big difference is magicians are a little bit more selfish and keep keep the secrets to themselves and scientists are a little bit more open and share. So so when you when you do the, the presentations and when you go in and you give a spark, what would be your hope, you know, as you enter into a school and you're with with the students and you give them a spark of imagination or you're working with educators what what would be your hope that they take with them after that experience? Yeah, so I try and make everything I do super accessible. So I, I think if if someone was to look inside my box of magic props, they'll be brutally disappointed because they're expecting like fancy like wands and other stuff. It is basically a recycling bin. I've got like boxes and cans and bottles. And it just looks so ordinary. But then it gets back to what we're talking about earlier. I've tried and in these boring everyday objects, try and show some extraordinary aspect to them. I try and uh, get them to see a different perspective on a drinks can. And then taking that principle of, okay, we, we can see something and see something extraordinary or different perspective on it, then you can widen it and say, well, actually in life, you might have got one fixed perspective of looking at something, but have you just seen how simple it is to just see something different in that? And and maybe we just need to uh, widen our, uh, widen our eyes really to see things differently. Well, it, it, it's amazing. And, and, you know, not to go back to the TEDx talk, but I'm sure you use it before and I'm not going to give it away because I want people to watch it or experience it is, is the, the B and 13 experience, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You know, it's perspective. It's, it's how it's put together. It's, it, you know, and I'm, I'm sitting there watching it myself and doing it both times. And it's like, wait a second, what just happened? And it's like, makes sense. Right. Because the mind and our perspective and how that shapes us and how we look at it in one way, but then look at it in another way. And it's something totally different. And so, yeah. yeah. And I think that thing there's also a great example of how our background or our expectations can really, really shape how we interpret something. And yeah, it's, it's a little bit of a warning to the students of going, you don't realize how how shaped your thinking is on a daily basis. And, and so, you know, one of the things that I think, you know, you, you've mentioned and then you said is, you know, is as you look at this, how do we personally, right? So I think maybe make it personal is then we look to the advice that we give outward. How are you in a world that's busy, in a life that's busy, you have kids, family, work, you know, all these things. It, 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 and even I, I mean, I think about the technology world and some of the things that we kind of go into there. Like, how do you keep space for the mundane, for that liminal space? How do you keep space to be surprised or to discover new perspectives or to put yourself in a place where like a lot of times... Uh, discomfort leads to these discoveries too like how do you personally set yourself up to say hey you know what i'm gonna stay you know a little you know as much as possible in these spaces of discovery curiosity wondering and and learning i think i think the brutal answer is i don't (laughs) i i think 
I think we often as educators, uh, we teach on a topic we are either most passionate about or struggle with the most. And I think I I live with the the, the great irony that I'm I'm a magician who's all about enchantment, but I've most of the time fairly disenchanted with the world. And I'm I'm trying to rediscover that that amazing spark to the world that uh, hooked me into magic in the first place. I, I've just had two weeks of crazy busy schedule where there's been quite a few work elements that have just been very stressful and I'm a very sort of linear thinker and when it comes to work stuff I need to do this and this and I just become super aware when I'm doing this that I've just lost lost my soul in in the work and so where do where do I find wonder often it's it's nature uh, I think having the time to get out and just go for a a walk which it gets back to that initial uh spark we had on twitter about wander into wonder and when i wander just down cycle paths uh that one hour of just sort of i'm doing something physical but my body my my, my brain is uh free to go different places that's that's where i i rede- rediscover a lot of wonder where i uh get recentered where i have a bit of time to pause and and just work through a few things and yeah it's it's tough i think one of the nice things about the pandemic was there was so much opportunity to do that type of aimless uh pondering and and now as the schedules are back up at full speed it's it's a lot harder well, I appreciate the honesty, right? Because I think a lot of times as educators, as a lot of times as presenters, as a lot of times as we get greater levels of expertise in who we are and what we do, or we put more like letters after our name or before our name, like we, we do get into these places where it's like a lot of times we're just not honest with ourselves and where we're at, right? And we go through these periods of extreme busyness. Or even for me right now, you know, it's that place where it's like I've been I've been closed in. Right. You know, I've kind of experienced because of my health a little bit more of the covid experience again in my life where I've just been closed in. And so it's it's in those spaces for me where I love nature and I love getting out and hiking and I love kind of taking the different routes and never having, a you know, the same route like I'm going to go. I'm just going to discover a new way of going each time I go. But but there is that place where it's like, OK, what are the new wanderings that I can have from my home, from, you know, my couch, from my bed, from my hospital room? Right. So what are those sorts of things? And so in there, there's an honesty with self um, that that we have. And and so I, I think maybe as 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 we kind of kind of close out and come to an end of, of a little bit of this conversation, but knowing it's a beginning of more conversations, hopefully to come and more experiences together. But how important is it, you know, as in your experiences, you do this and you go to places and you speak, how important is it to kind of do the wandering with others? Right. I think this is something that I've been been thinking about, especially in highly individualistic cultures and societies. 
how do we, how maybe, what have you discovered about doing it with others, doing it in conversation with others, but then also in that place of, you know, stepping into other people's lives and experiencing their lives, you know, in a new way? Yeah, so I think there's possibly two levels you can answer that. I think one thing as as educators, there's a sort of uh, we're a little higher up the tree a little bit. And and so there's an element of being role modeling that sense of wonder. But I don't think that was that wasn't your question, really, was it? It was more like sort of on uh, on a, a same level type of wondering i think i'm naturally someone who doesn't really crave big friendships and so i have a select bunch of people who are safe people who you can you can talk to sort of 10 times in a week or you can uh not have any contact with for two months and you can just pick up at that same point uh people with sort of similar uh, similar approaches and I and they're people you can just pour out your worries and you can also challenge each other on uh, what they're doing and why they're doing that and you know it's 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 not at all a personal attack it's it's wanting the best for the other person and I, I think that's that's one of the key things. It's I think it's a key thing for play in general, if having an environment that's safe to explore. And I think friendships that are safe in that respect, where you know there's not going to be any consequences. I think they are they're the best types of friendships to explore things together. It it is interesting, like when you talk about like deep friendship, right? Because in deep friendship, those critical conversations happen, and th- and then it, it is that safe space to enter into and discover with someone who you know, who knows you, um, who understands you in a lot of those types of ways. One of the things that I think has been interesting for me has been, um, you know, there there is kind of this we talk about, you know, loneliness. And, you know, kind of being a, a significant part of mental and emotional health now, it, you know, but it is one of the things that I've been pushing myself to do is accept the invitation for the unknown, right? So when somebody invites me into their space or somebody invites me to play a game or a sport that 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 interests them that maybe I'm not so good at or doesn't necessarily interest me, it's a, how can I say yes to that? But yet also kind of say, hey, you know what? I don't know what I'm doing and and, and in those spaces. Maybe last question. Last question. Um, you know, as, as we think about like some of this wander into wonder, and maybe it's, it's a little bit of the personal. What are the questions that you're maybe asking yourself or that you're saying, hey, you know what? At this stage in my life, Here's some things that I'm just I'm just wondering about, or I'm just even curious anew about. I think okay, let's go super super personal. I think for me, um, if you asked me, I don't know, fifteen years ago, what I really wanted it was to uh, to be a dad, and now I am a dad, and we uh, we also foster as well. And there is an element of okay, I'm now. But possibly this is like the midlife crisis kicking in, but it's okay. Uh, 
what am I doing now? Am I sort of, am I just here to uh, keep the next generation alive and to uh, feed them and keep them safe? And also just looking for, looking at the world now and thinking, I don't know about you, but I had a very innocent, naive childhood and all the stuff in the world was, it was it was relatively uh, relatively boring. There wasn't pandemics and there wasn't big wars going on. It was uh, it was a very privileged uh, time to be a child. And my kids don't have that luxury. And and I sort of like worry for them as well of going, oh, well, uh, what are they growing up into? And do I have the skills and the wisdom to uh, to impart to them? It is so true. Uh, I, I love that. And maybe leave that as a, as a last question that maybe come back to as we go through, do I have the wisdom and skills to impart to them? You know, I, th I think Matt, my encouragement, and this is, this has been fun for me. I'm, I connect people with some of your stuff and, and then get them connected with you. But if people want to learn more about your work, about what you do and about some of the things that 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 you get to do as a as a speaker, presenter, magician, science magician, like how how do they get connected with you? I think on social media, probably the easiest. If you if you like optical illusions and short magic videos, that seems to be my uh, mainly my social media feed at the moment. That's just science magician. So on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, and all the rest. So science magician for that. If you're intrigued to delve deeper into wonder, there's a, a project I did about three, four years ago called Words on Wonder. And the website mm -hmm. for that is just wordsonwonder.com. And I did something similar to what you're doing, Eric, of just interviewing fascinating people. But I, the main questions were like, what makes you wonder? What makes you curious? And tell me how you do that in your in your life and so i've i've interviewed astronauts and bishops and con artists and all the way through to zoologists just people doing different things and and there's some really fascinating insights from that uh this will be great because then i'll i'll connect it with the podcast and everybody can kind of get connected with that but matt thank you for taking your time thank you for this conversation and i hope it's the beginning of more yeah thank you